0: This is the Sea to Sky podcast exploring what the Sea to Sky has to offer.
1: Hello and welcome to another Sea to Sky podcast. I'm here at the Whistler Film Fest and I'm talking with Zach Birnbaum and Doug Nyback. Guys, thanks for sitting down with us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, pleasure. And how have you enjoyed your stay here at the Whistler Film Fest? I guess you've been here for all of one day so far.
0: I've I've been here for, I think, a grand total of about 45 minutes. So, so far Oh wow. it's very
1: pretty. (laughs) It is. And Zach, now I know that you've been to Whistler before, but this is your first time at the Whistler Film Fest. It is, yeah. First time being here in And you know, having a film to present as our Canadian
2: premiere is awesome. Just love, love being here. Canadian premiere for Dancing
1: Dogs of Dombrova.
2: Yes, yeah. We uh, world premiered the film about a month ago at the Austin Film Festival, and now we're here. Uh, with the film with uh, at Whistler, which is yeah yeah i had a friend
1: fantastic. who to, i had a friend who took his film to austin and he
2: loved it how did you like austin oh austin's fantastic it was it was a lot of fun great city i'd, I'd never been there never been to texas yeah. and so although you, everybody in austin always says oh it's not actually like te- fr- that's texas right. like yeah. it's like the ongoing joke that austin yeah. is not like texas yeah. but uh, yeah lovely city great great audiences and uh, and yeah you know really enjoyed the world premiere there and then we were in napa a week after that and, you know, super excited for our you know, Canadian premiere tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, who cares about NAP and I know. <laughs> know. is so much better. Yeah, it's much cooler, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, cooler, literally cooler, yeah, yeah. Yes. Now, it's an unusual story. I have to imagine that there must be, it must be somewhat of a personal story. It is, yes. Yeah, so. And I'm uh, sorry to interrupt, but just so people know, you're the director and writer. I'm the director and producer. Oh, okay. Yes.
2: Yeah, and uh, and Douglas is uh, is one of the stars, and so yeah, like just for the listeners, the the story is about an estranged sister and brother that travel to Poland at the request of their dying grandmother, to dig up and find the remains of her childhood dock. and so yes, it is definitely oddly enough a very personal story because. It's inspired by my grandmother, by my booby, who had a you know comes from Poland, comes from Dombrowa Granica, and um, had a dog named Peter. And basically, the conception of the film was because of my booby, and so and, and a lot of the stories that the characters tell about their booby in the film are either very much, you know, a hundred percent true, or very much inspired by my. Bobby's actual stories and experiences, and you know, to even to the degree that my my Bobby plays their Bobby, like oh, you know, okay. I, I really you know, I she, she's yeah. you know, you see her in you know in pictures and video and that's actually my grandmother. Okay, wow. And so it was very important for me to kind of capture that and, and have that special connection to it. Uh, and, and I think it translates really well, and it's it's wonderful to be able to share my grandmother and her
1: story with audiences. Yep. And Doug, how did you get roped into this? Uh,
0: well, I, I did a short film with Zach uh, about a year and a half before we did Dancing Dogs. And uh, so, you know, I kind of out of the blue got a phone call, and, uh, and he sent me the script, and, and, and he essentially said, do you want to come? And do you want to uh, do you want to play Aaron? And do you want to come to Romania in the middle of January to shoot this thing? And I was like, Yeah, I do, absolutely. Um, and then and then we kind of worked together for about a month leading up to to going, a month, month and a half, with Katherine Fogler, who, who plays Sarah, and uh, and just workshopped and developed and, and talked about everything. And, and so we, we went in with a really solid game plan. So it was, it was great.
1: Now, I mean, that's great that it came together, but it's no mystery. It's, it's difficult for any feature film to come together, and especially a Canadian feature film shooting on location in Romania. I, I got to imagine there were some challenges there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. No. That, the, the pregnant pause there. All right. So, who wants to jump in on that the, one? The challenges,
2: oddly enough, and it's funny being Canadians and saying this, but the challenges were weather. The challenges were that it yeah. was really cold and we're mostly outside and we're outside at night and we're inside in these old buildings that don't have heating, or if they do have heating, it's stove-oven heating, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where you literally have to build a fire in the stove, and it carries the heat through like the guest house, which takes a long time, yeah. because you know it's middle of January, and it's trying to warm up from minus 30, yeah. and so the irony of going on location to Eastern Europe in winter, and yet having a very kind of brutal weather that we were not expecting. And, you know, it, it, but it was great. Like, you know, you, you go there for a reason and you go there, um, like the movie is set in Poland, so we were shooting Romania for Poland. And what's magical about going there. It, is everything I described as being an issue because you're in these old buildings that don't have heating but you're in these beautiful buildings and you're in these dropped dead gorgeous locations that have so much history and texture mm-hmm. and personality yeah. and then you get you know your actors in there and they sit down and they exhale at the same time and they're both you just see their breath in, you know, simultaneously yeah. inside this historic church and you're like yeah that's really nice I like that I know it's It's difficult conditions, but it allows for really unique
1: visuals and tones. Right, but let's hear it from the actor.
0: Well, (laughs) because actors... The, the way it always seems to pan out is you're always wearing like heavy wool World War Two era military uniforms in the in the middle of like August, uh, and you're always wearing like impractical winter clothing in the middle of January. So you know, and, and my my character was like he's a business guy, so he's wearing like a not warm pea coat. So I was wearing a not warm pea coat the entire uh, the entire shoot. So so I mean, that that was hard. But what what happens is like cold becomes a character in the movie, and um, and it, it affects your. Behavior and it changes the way you, like, it's something that you can't predict uh, how it's going to affect you, and that, I think, as an actor, is always interesting. Mm-hmm. It might not be comfortable. I think it took about four months for me to get full feeling back into my toes after <laughs> the the production, because I got frostbite so many times, um, and we were treated well. Like, we, we, you know, got frostbite, and then we thawed out, and, you know, so, uh, but, <laughs> uh, the yeah, actors, yeah. Um, but, uh so, so, yeah, it, it becomes uh, it becomes a character and, and it just becomes something that you have to deal with in the same way that they do. So it kind of just helps you be present because it's kind of hard to fake being cold. <laughs> you know, so it, it puts you in, 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 in the moment in a way that you couldn't have done yourself. So
1: Yeah, and also I would imagine being on – aside from the cold, being on location, like you say, being in these old buildings, the architecture, that must lend a lot to – you know, being in the moment, I suppose.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, it was it was stunning. You were talking about the the church that we filmed in, and that the, the history of these of these buildings in these places in, in in Eastern Europe is just mind boggling. Um, and and so yeah, it's it's hugely inspiring. It's it's and for my character as somebody who really didn't like goes into the story not wanting to explore anything. He's just like, we're going to do this thing. We're going to complete this task, and I'm going back back home. It it really lended a hand in the narrative of him becoming more interested in what's actually happening and living in the moment. So, So,
1: now, it's also no secret that Canadian films have the challenge of finding an audience. A friend of mine who's here, who I know you you met recently, she's part of the First Weekends Club, which is, you know, part of getting Canadian films out, because that First Weekend is critical. Mm -hmm. And I think people may sometimes have a bad perception of Canadian films. Their perception is they're dark, they're deep, they're a little bit sometimes impenetrable. I haven't seen this film in its entirety, but I know there's an element of black humor to it. It's a very human story. It's a very personal story, as, as you've told us. Do you think that, given the chance, that audiences will... I mean, how many superhero movies can you see anyways? But do you think, given all the chance... Them. I see all of them. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Um... Do you think, given the chance, audiences will warm to this? I mean, I, obviously, there's always going to be an audience for it, but but uh, yeah, a large audience.
2: You know, I hope and you know you could always you could only hope and sometimes you know when you're dealing with indie films where you're not getting a 2000 screen rollout uh, you're lucky to get a two screen rollout Um, finding the audience is is always has that challenge but you hope that they connect with the story and they connect on an emotional level to the characters and you know the film itself um, doesn't not, not to knock other Canadian films but it doesn't feel like a Canadian film you know the style the way that we present it it's actually very much it feels a lot more like a foreign film it feels a lot more like a European film yeah from what and I've seen so, I agree yeah. yeah yeah and that was uh, that was intentional not because of an audience point of view but because the story required, and that was what I wanted to bring to it uh, visually and being set in Europe and Eastern Europe especially you want it to feel like it's of that place um and so you know, and the humor that we have is you know a little bit drier, a little bit more below the surface. It's it's not as it's not an in your face um, you know raunchy comedy. And so I do hope that audiences find it and you know connect with it and enjoy it on both but it, the but it's dramatic and it's, the humorous Sorry
1: scale. to interrupt, but it's interesting yeah. that you say it's not a Canadian. It doesn't feel like a Canadian film. But I mean that sort of signifies that there is something that we do identify as a Canadian film. Yeah.
0: I I
1: think there, I I think... (laughs) I I don't want to knock other people's you know, or anything, but I I think,
2: as you were mentioning, there's a style, um, there's that, you know, a little bit more of the the quote-unquote raw, handheld, in-your-face kind of filmmaking that a lot of Canadian films, at least that that I've experienced, you know, utilize, and uh, it it works for a lot of those movies. That's not... And, and I no, wouldn't say that I would never use that style. For this movie in particular, though, it didn't make sense to use that style. It's a very... It's much more classical cinema in its approach. It's um, We have one scene that's handheld in the entire movie, everything, and, and that's because there's a bit more of an action beat, so we wanted a little bit more of um, of, of a shake, uh, more than anything. But uh, it's mostly dolly work and, you know, um, and, and very classically composed frames and so you know but but to your point uh you know after one of the screenings in napa some you know somebody came up to me uh and, and it was actually somebody who's like friends with the writer like they happened to be near napa so they came to the screening which was lovely of them and he's you know came up to me and said i didn't know if i would like it because i didn't you know I, when i saw it i'm like oh it's gonna be like another kind of like canadian film and this and it's just like no no but like i loved it because you know it it because and it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it, went, it went in a different direction than what he was
0: anticipating,
1: it, yeah. and so, so what were you yeah, say? yeah,
0: I, I think. Well, I'm going to toot Zach's horn a little bit here. Um, so, uh, but <laughs> toot but I away. I, to to speak to what you were saying, like that, that the, there are a lot of thematic elements of Canadian film that are associated with being really heavy, and I, and I think one of the things that a lot of um, Canadian filmmakers forget is that films are far more impactful if they're entertaining. It's important to have a message and in many cases a very serious message but I think one of the things that Zach did really well with this film is he created an entertaining narrative. It's fun and it deals with things like alcoholism and sibling rivalry and families that have been torn apart and 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 and, but it's a film that, that explores those things in a way that entertains an audience and I think that that is extremely important and I think speaking to Canadian film uh, you know one of the things that I think Zach did really well with this movie um, was that I think Canadian stories are human stories and I feel like a lot of people try to put Canadian before human and I think he put human before Canadian and, and that made it much more identifiable and I mean even the choice to shoot it in um, in Romania like that that is a bold choice for, uh, for a low budget film because most uh, most filmmakers are banking on getting some of the money back with tax incentives and if you're not shooting in Canada you don't get that money back, and that that's huge. That's that's thirty five cents on the dollar yeah. that, that, that you're not getting <laughs> yeah. back, and and he did it because he wanted to tell a human story that happened to uh, involve Canadians, and I think that's so important as our industry grows. Right. So right. you know, it's that's it. so. Those are my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> From what I've seen in your performance, it's a very
1: it's a very deadpan performance. Yeah. Which again, I think, is a little bit unusual. Does that is that was that your interpretation of the script, or did you get that sort of direction from Zach, or a combination of the two?
0: Uh, it, it was kind of just a combination of the two. I mean, we we talked at length, you know, for a long time before we, we got on onto to a plane to Romania, um, but you know this 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 film is Zach described as, as an absurdist drama and it is so usually there needs to be somebody who, who is like just the normal not like like who who is the audience's viewpoint of like what is happening right now and just not knowing how to process it all and so um, I I really enjoyed that opportunity to, to be the guy who just like the absurdity is just bouncing around all over him and he's just like taking it all in and doesn't compute, really, and yeah. uh, and so, uh, and, and there's a lot of comedy in the deadpan, which is fun, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's a different, because, of course, I'm an actor, so I want everything to be about me, so I'm like, <laughs> I want to be the funny Zany one, um, but, uh, but... Yeah, Catherine's yeah. kind of your straight, straight guy is in shape. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah but yeah.
1: Like, I
2: think, you know, to Doug's point on what it, I think that Doug brought to the table a lot was... In that, you know, because he's a very serious character and a very button-down character and very anxious character. Yeah. But he's also a really angry character. Yeah. And I think what a lot of my favorite moments that, you know, especially on the comedic side that Doug does, is kind of this quiet, burning rage <laughs> that, <laughs> um, that just kind of seeps through. Like, you know, there's a scene in the town hall where... Oh, yeah. Um, you know, this clerk is being... Very you know, unhelpful, and Catherine car- Catherine's character Sarah is trying to you know sweeten it up and you know have the mayor help, and you know she's like being bright and bubbly and big smiles, and Doug is just staring daggers at this <laughs> clerk as if he's literally going to kill him, and the, and the clerk is just like nodding his head, being like, yes, you know, see, this is what happened, and, and Doug's just like, and of course it doesn't translate on a podcast, but is just. De- you know, dead eyes just locked on him, being like, "I'm coming for you," <laughs> and it makes me laugh every time because it's a two shot of Catherine and Doug, and Catherine's in the foreground, so your eye kind of goes to her. But what I love is that you know, if your eye drifts to Doug you find comedy gold and i think it's kind of sets you know for people who will hopefully watch it more than once there's a lot of things in this movie that kind of happened in the background or in the mm-hmm. midground, or like we, we very intentionally layered things that you might not catch on the first viewing but you might on the second or the third and there's moments like that that i might not even caught it the first couple times that we used it in the edit and then i looked to doug i'm like, Oh my God, this is fantastic! Why are we not? You know, well, of course we're using this. Don't change it. And so there's things like that that you're always surprised by, it, and you kind of find. And I think, you know, having Douglas and and Catherine play off of each other, um, you know, w- works so well, and you know, creates. Um, you know they're brother and sister, and you feel that history yeah. um, without having them say anything. You completely
1: buy into the fact that these people have known each other their entire lives. Yeah. Well, that sounds very interesting, very exciting, very entertaining. Uh, I recommend people get out there and see Dancing Dogs with Dom Rova. Yeah. Not because it's Canadian film, because it's a very entertaining film. I hear that they're singling that we uh, we got to give up the room. Ah. So, gentlemen, thanks again for sitting down with us. And yeah, this is thank you for having me. Yeah, and yeah, and, and oh great. yeah, before before I uh, sign off, where where if they're not here at the film fest, where can they catch the movie? This is our last festival for the for twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um, hoping
2: for some more festival playing to 2019 nothing that we can announce at the moment uh, and in talks with some sales distribution companies but nothing locked in yet so we're uh, you know we're we're seeing where we take it as well but I'm sure it will be available for viewing um, you know into 2019 and, okay. and-
0: where can they follow the film because that that will be worthy. yeah
2: yeah you know on on Facebook Instagram Twitter um, at dancing dog movie at dancing dogs movie um, I believe the Twitter is at dancing dogs film um, but yeah if you if you google it or type into any of the social media platforms you can follow us and um, yeah we'll okay. definitely
1: be posting we'll, it, we'll all of our news we'll put links to those in the description right so again this has been Sea to Sky podcast
0: this is the Sea to Sky Sky Podcast. If you have a comment or story ideas, please check out our website at seedusky or on Facebook and Twitter at C2 sky Podcast. Thank you for clicking us on.